0: So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. This is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy but comment, like, subscribe. Okay. So, again, this is just to figure out what you want to talk about Okay. you don't have to answer all of them. Okay. So you can be like, pass, next, and I'm just like a weird person so just forgive me. Uh But if you could start by telling me your name. Veronica Crawford.
1: What sort of field of work are you in? So, <laughs> such a co- first question so complicated. Right? Um, so, I studied marketing. Mm-hmm. Business has always been my thing, but I also love music. So, I've been working in those spaces. I'm actually leaving, I put my notice in, I'm leaving my job to move back home to start my own music thing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. It's so. exciting. Thank you. I hopefully will be back uh, from Baltimore. In about a year, so hopefully I have like one year to like really get it off the
0: ground. Baltimore, so Baltimore. So my first question—I use this term—the ominous day, which could be referred to as just toxic culture, however you want to take it.
1: How does the ominous day view you? Oh, there's so many ominous days. I think the ominous day that I guess scares me the most is people close to, like the idea of someone close to me or even just my, who I consider my community not supporting me or doing or saying something that would be damaging. Because it's one thing when someone outside of your community does something, it's like, you can write it off, so if like, they don't understand me, it's fine. But when someone closer does something, it hurts a lot more. So also the ominous they would be my target audience like turning on me. That would be like, the they, that would impact me the most. In this, like,
0: black mirror universe where the worst thing happens, because sometimes it does, how how would they view you, or how would they
1: misunderstand you, or how would they represent you? They would, hmm. I guess, see me as being unauthentic mm-hmm. and losing sight of whatever values or mission that I had. That would be the, the worst thing. Thank you. So now we're forgetting the ominous day <laughs> and how they
0: view you. Mm-hmm. How would you describe yourself? And that could be like on any sort of spectrum, whether that's sexuality, identity, ethnicity,
1: like personal belief system, mm-hmm. like causes, hobbies, whatever. It's a interesting question. I was thinking about this a little bit this morning and I finally figured out something that makes sense that describes me. Is what I strive for is. A strong foundation with wiggle room. Mm-hmm. So that is how I apply, like that that's applied to everything. So whether that's what I wear, something basic that can be replicated, but I can add bits of color. Mm-hmm. My space, a lot of neutrals with pops of color. My music taste, you know, a lot of old songs that I love with a couple of new things. Like that's just kind of who I am. Is like I strive for that balance, but I can't have balance without I guess, like a home base. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'm someone who's really, I see both sides. Like I always, I see both sides. I like to have a balance. Um, I don't see things as black and white. It's a mm-hmm. lot of gray area. There's always a different vantage point or a, a point of view that can be considered. It's so hard. Like in terms of everything, is just <laughs> hard to describe sometimes. Yeah. Um, my ethnicity, I identify as a black woman, but I am a mixed person. Mm-hmm. And that's that in and of itself is difficult. Um because I identify as a black woman because I look like a black woman. Because of how my genes mm-hmm. distributed. But someone with my same makeup may look so so different so I live my life and my experiences as a black woman but that's not everything and because of the history of like the United States and like how half of my family like it just wasn't talked about it's confusing and there's just so much I don't know so yeah I identify as a black woman but I'm like tri-racial so yeah
0: um and I think that kind of ties into what I was hoping to hit on with the ominous day thing Mm -hmm. because it's like how how do people see you yeah right what boxes do they put you in Mm -hmm. on a snap decision whether it's aesthetic or whatever that really don't grasp the issue um and so like for myself I like to say that uh If you were to see my family, Mm -hmm. it looks like someone was just like picking up hitchhikers off four ninety five. Like, none of us look same, you know. And like, (laughs) and when the genes come out, it's like genetic boggle, you know. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, like my we none of us look alike at all. Um, So I like saying, you know, one of maybe this is a microaggression. I don't know. When people are like, "So what are you?" Yeah. Like, but what are you really? Mm -hmm. You know. So I just started saying like. Either I'll say it. 20% of everything, not enough of anything or mix like rainbows, wrinkles, whatever. But like yeah. if you were to see my siblings, like my brother's got blonde hair, right. my sister. I mean, it's like all over the place. But it's like the weird thing that has come about from that is that I don't know what I look like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And it's hard to figure that out when you're, it's hard to break away from just how other people view you. So yeah. that's kind of like that question. Strongly agree so we talked about what of the most annoying or most common microaggressions that you have to
1: deal with. Anything else you want to share? Because yeah. there's so many. So many. So something I've had to... This whole, like, genetics thing is, like, throwing me for a loop. So I got my DNA tested, and that's I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I think a microaggression that kind of pains me is that so in the, in the Black community, there's just so much so much behind hair there's just it's just such a thing and we have this concept of good hair and bad hair and it it just runs so deeply and it's in in any part of the black diaspora so whether that's america proper or south america caribbean hispanic countries like brazil where yes they're spanish yes they're portuguese but they are black countries brazil is a black predominantly black country Dominican Republic, Haiti, all those countries of the black diaspora is like this idea of good hair and bad hair. And the best hair is that that's closer to European hair. So because of my mixed heritage and just how my my particular genes have been distributed, I have darker skin but I have looser hair. And so I've had to like deal with people saying like, oh you have good hair, oh are you East African, like are you this are you that like how, like just saying things like that and it and even friends who have a different texture and they're like oh you have but you have good hair like you can do this i hate that you know why is why is this certain texture not beautiful and it it's like a point of privilege for me and i just i, I hate that you know it's 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 sad it's just it's hair and it just means so much in the black community but who says that that your texture is not beautiful? Like why? Why is your texture not beautiful? Is it moisturized? Did you wash it? Is it is it cared for? That's good hair. Yeah. That's that's it. You know? So that's like the one that, that's been getting to me the most. Like I have a coworker who's like a half African, half African American, and her hair is like 4C, which is like the, the traditional African hair texture. Mm-hmm. West African hair texture. Yeah. East African is a little bit different. And she's like, Oh, if I had hair like yours, like I would be able to conquer the world. Like, I'm not conquering the world, like this doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's it's a bit a journey for me too, because I decided to stop like relaxing my hair um, a long time ago. Even though it was it was super long. Like my hair's always been super long. Um but hair is just, just such a thing. Yeah. Such a thing and like In the black community, especially just the the, the history behind it is what makes it so strong. It's like there were laws against showing your hair in public. Like you had to put, you had to wrap it up. Yeah. And so like when other people wrap their hair up and it's not their part of their culture, it's like a slap in the face because we're embracing something that was forced upon us. Mm -hmm. And you're just like putting it on because you think it's cute. Yeah. So like it's, it's just, it's just different. Like. In the Jewish community, they wrap their hair. In the Muslim community, they wrap their hair. In Caribbean, I mean, any country with the Black diaspora, they, they wrap their hair. But, you know, sometimes it feels like a slap in the face. Yeah. It's just for Instagram. <laughs> True and happy.
0: I'm, I'm like terrified to talk about hair because my my sister and my aunt relax their hair, mm-hmm. which is their choice. Yeah. They have beautiful hair. Yeah. I would never say anything because it's like, it's such a hot button issue, it's and I don't have that hair, so I just zip. but I have, like, questions. I would mm-hmm. like to talk about it with them, but, yeah. like, it's just not something I can do. And that's, yeah. like, my own family.
1: Because you look different. Oh, my gosh. I was just talking about, I don't know, that one of my closest friends, two of my closest friends are, are biracial. And one friend and her sister, one sister is more white passing than the other. Mm-hmm. And so the younger sister was... Saying like you can't say this, you can't do that, you're not black, and it's like she she goes out and is viewed as a mixed person, mm-hmm. while her sister who's lighter and has has like looser hair texture is not. You really have to know her family, yeah. And so even between siblings, because of how genes come out, you just don't know. Yeah,
0: but it's a crazy thing when there's like silence, even like not just within your community or other, like, microaggressions within your community or just, like, feeling like you can't talk about something. Yeah. That, like, you wish that you could. Because at the end
1: of the day, it's dead material. I know. This has dying already. I'm just trying to revive it with, like, argan oil. <laughs> <laughs> argan oil is amazing. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, so... How do you think... Well, okay, so what would you want people to know about this particular microaggression, and how do you think that we can address it or stop it or ameliorate it
1: in some it's- way? It's so it's just so ingrained in colonial like literally colonialism and racism it's it's internalized racism Mm -hmm. um the idea that black features are not beautiful because they're not the european standard it's something that our generation has to make a choice like i'm not going to i'm not going to hear someone say you have good hair and let it go Mm-hmm. I'm gonna to choose to say something, and I think that's all that you can really do. Yeah, because it's it's so cultural, you know, it's it's just ingrained in like America, yeah, yeah. the diaspora.
0: So I'm gonna switch up a little bit okay. since it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, is there anything in particular that's on your mind at this time?
1: Hmm, I've been going through a journey. Mm-hmm. So my, I guess my journey has been towards happiness Mm -hmm. and something that I always wanted in my life was to work for myself and to be working on my music projects Um, I work in like music media and marketing Um, I'm working on those and that's all I've ever wanted it's like what has kept me from getting good grades in school because I just was doing that all the time and so I've been navigating like this past year, I just graduated college last year, so thank you. I just finished essentially my first year out working in tech, but also trying to do this on the side mm-hmm. and just realizing that I was never going to be happy without doing this full time. Yeah. And just deciding that, that was that's what I'm going to do. And now I feel like because I don't have that that, that sense of having to push away something that's so important to me, everything else can fall in line my health can get back to where it was my relationships can get back to where it was because I'm not so drained I'm not I'm, I'm energized by mm-hmm. what I'm doing every day um, and I don't have this sense of missing out on what I know I'm meant to do yeah that's like been my journey
0: okay so this is kind of a wild card one um, there was an interesting article that I saw recently as a result of, like, as part of the discourse of the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, that was focusing on how we mourn the great art
1: mm-hmm. made by bad men, yes, right. That's a great
0: question. Instead of mourning the work that we
1: lose from their victims, mm-hmm. anything else about that? That's. I've been trying. I'm still not. I still haven't fully like gone through that process of thinking about it. Especially working with music, um, it's been hard for me to see what I. I'm doing is media, it's, it's blogs, it's it's content, so you know, I have to step away from myself as a music fan, thinking, gosh I love this song, this particular piece of work and just realizing at a certain point I can't be selfish anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Because what I'm thinking is, I'm still going to listen to this because this song makes me feel good. I don't think I'm not thinking about so-and-so. I'm not thinking about anyone. I'm thinking about how this, the literal sound of the song makes me feel. And it's completely removed. But I'm at a point where I know that I can't do that anymore. And so I'm coming up with ways to reconcile that. And for now it's just, with my platform I won't speak about certain people. Mm -hmm. I may listen to them privately and that's going to be the next step that I deal with. But for now I will not speak of them at all. I won't speak of R. Kelly mm-hmm. at all. You know, like like there will be no playlist with him with his music included in it. There will be no coverage of anything that he's done. Um, it'll just be like he doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's the only way to kind of I guess stick it to him in a way. Yeah. It's just not give him anything publicly, you know? But I want an information diet. Final question. Can you
0: talk to me about a time that you've been called crazy recently that was just totally why?
1: That's a good question. I had, this is kind of a while ago. I've, in terms of like my work, like my team is is a lot of women. So um, I haven't really dealt with that, which is a blessing. But I remember one of my uh, classmates, they're working on a project I said something, like, it just wasn't going how it should have gone. And then, you're getting so emotional. You're like, mm-hmm. only saying that because women. Like, mm-hmm. and it was a class where it was already led by a professor who was, like, a sexist. Mm-hmm. It was, he, his wife had divorced him, and he hated all women. <gasps> and it's like, and it's like, great, I get to bear your emotional labor. <gasps> 50-year-old professor who I'm paying to be here like <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's just I'm a my Myers-Briggs is F but I'm a J and I have very very strong empathy that I it's, it's become a little bit toxic yeah in the way that like I just I put others before myself and then and it really it hurts me it, you know. and it hurts me in a way that it hurts me more than it would have hurt them had I just said no right yeah but um Yeah, I'm I'm very empathetic, but I'm also a J. Like, I like my structure. We have a goal. Let's get to that goal. Everything else is, like, mess between that. Mm -hmm. So we need to stay on this trajectory and get it done so we can keep moving. So him chalking up my wanting to get the work done as emotional was just... uh, Illogical. It was was emotional. It was emotional. I wasn't at a point where I was like woke enough to like figure out what to say. Yeah. Because I was like a 19 year old college student. But now, and you're like also now, you have like power dynamics yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. He he's fine. He'll be fine. But he's I He's gonna also, be
0: miserable and that's his
1: own bed and he'll it. He'll figure it out at one point. Yeah. But what I've what I've tried to do more is like teach people people how to treat you. Just like don't feel bad. It'll get to a point where it's, it's, cra- it's crazy yeah. if you let it. Mm-hmm. People will treat you any kind of way because they think they can do it. And you mm-hmm. just can't. You have to set boundaries. And you don't have to be mean about it. You just have to let them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, truly my last question. Okay. This is, what
0: question are you not asked that you wish that people would ask you? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great question. Hmm. I think the question that people don't ask me is like the more emotional side of like the work that I do like why why do you do this like why does this matter to you why are you so just hell bent on doing this you know like the reasoning behind why I want to do it Um, I guess that's like the question. (laughs) No me. <laughs> Thank you. And which we sort of touched upon yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much.